0: And what's up, Obscurians? It's time for another episode of Obscurity Now, the show that takes a look at weird and almost forgotten pieces of media, and then we try to decide. No, we don't try. We do decide if they should be tossed into the black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again or remembered for all of human history. My name is Steve, and uh, with me is a man who has a very uh, convoluted backstory, which is the reason why he's a ghost. It's (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, hell! Uh, I cannot wait to discuss Exposition Bridge with you. Uh,
0: that's, uh, that's the alternate. That's the German title, actually, for it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was uh, a very dialogue-heavy film. Uh, you know, there's a lot said yet little uh,
0: said at the right. same so time. So, if you're outside, quite the You're outside the borders of Germany. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the movie is called Spook Bridge, and that is the horror movie that we are wa- a horror movie that we are watching today. I, I
1: am horrified. Right? Yeah, well, as am <laughs> I.
0: Uh, we're sort of kicking off the month of October. With, uh, some, hopefully some spooky content for the rest of the month, uh, to help, you know, tis the season, right? You know, we've got, uh, uh sure. jack-o'-lanterns and, um, people getting murdered. I mean, you know, that's all the, the wonderful stuff that, uh, is associated with Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, if you're...
1: So, mm-hmm. Steve, uh... I'm sorry, where were you, did you want to have some banter?
0: Yeah. <laughs> what were Let's you going to say? banter round. No, like, uh, I was I was waiting for your planted question that I told you to ask.
1: Yeah, see, oh, hey, Chris Perry is here. How you doing, Chris? Thanks for joining. So, Steve, uh, I have never heard of this movie mm-hmm. before. Um, I would have liked, but my life would have been fine not hearing <laughs> about it. But, uh, You're gonna... Steve, what did you hear about, what did you hear about this movie and, uh, mm-hmm. Where did you even get this movie, actually?
0: Uh, All great questions. I'm hitting my microphone. Uh, I was given the DVD of Spook Bridge right here uh, by my uh, brother-in-law. This movie was shot in and around the South Georgia area, where my parents and uh, some of my siblings live. And I don't know. They were just. uh, They know that I'm, you know, into movies and whatnot. And uh, they were just talking about this. uh, I guess these guys who make indie films around the area and my brother-in-law runs a grocery store and i guess they gave him these dvds to hand out to his uh to the workers of the store which he never did so
1: like as a punishment (laughs) like they skirt their responsibilities
0: right right i i guess i mean i think they actually beat them with the dvds if they show up late which uh you're gonna be getting your licks later mister Uh but uh yeah so I was like oh indie horror like I must see it I must have this and then the fact that it's no it's not streaming anywhere and you're probably going to it sure isn't you're going to see why like, I mean I couldn't find it anywhere other than I mean luckily there was an IMDb which we're going to go through and uh and there is a trailer on uh YouTube if you want to check it out ahead of time and uh like other than that Yeah, and I are probably the only people in the entire world, aside from maybe the people who made it, who's actually watched this movie. And I'm pretty sure we're the only...
1: No, they're trying trying to erase this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure we're the only podcast slash YouTube show who's ever going to review it. So sit back, grab your alcoholic (laughs) beverage, and get ready as we review the way-too-long horror movie Spook bridge. <laughs> Welcome to
1: your feature presentation. This film, uh, as Steve alluded to, it is too long. That doesn't... I, I think anytime a horror film uh, goes over 90 minutes, chances are it's going to be too long anyway. I'm a big believer in, like, once you go past 90 minutes for horror or comedy you're uh you're probably not gonna it's not gonna turn out well in most cases and this movie is nearly two hours long i think it's like an hour and 55 minutes Mm -hmm. um although some of that is the few minutes that is the ending credits which has quite the song uh, (laughs) i know for the the ending credits (laughs) it was like there's a legend of spook bridge it was was like either
0: nickelback (laughs) or creed (laughs) they got to do it no
1: it was clearly you know what i think and i didn't have a chance to look it up but It sounded a little like Dale Oliver. And I don't know if that name's familiar to you, but Dale Oliver is the husband of Dixie Carter, the uh, (laughs) previous owner of TNA slash Impact Wrestling. And he wrote a lot of the songs for, um, well, like pretty much all the songs, actually, uh, for like uh, everybody in TNA. And he sang too. He was a country singer. And he sounds, his voice is almost exactly like that guy at at this song. So I'm curious Hmm. if... Do you think... I guess I can check on IMDb right. here. Did he
0: write Long Necks and Rednecks by James Storm?
1: Uh, yeah, actually, I th- he did James Storm's song. Uh, he did the uh, Bobby Roode's theme. I mean, he did pretty much everybody's theme in uh, TNA for the most part, with like a couple exceptions. Right. Right there. The,
0: uh, or so the original um, Motor City Machine Guns theme, which was absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. The theme that the, I think the theme that Motor City Machine Guns ended up using later on is one from Alex Shelley's own band. Yeah, yeah, band. They,
0: they I'm pretty sure they wrote that one um for sure. But yeah, yeah, now we're we're dancing around the topic at hand here reminiscing about the old days of being TNA marks. Uh so enough fun stuff. <laughs> let's get into yeah. let's get into Spook Bridge and uh Spook Bridge appeared or premiered October 25th it actually just appeared no one knows where it came from (laughs) it appeared October 25th uh, 2017 man this movie did not feel like it was from 2017 Uh, It felt like it was from like 20 years ago uh what do you think
1: yeah it definitely felt like early 2000s shot on mini Uh, T (laughs) V. (laughs) <laughs> uh huh. It, it, it almost has the same look to it as uh, "Thanks Killing."
0: Oh, I thought, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought you were gonna say "Little Hercules." They they all kind of have that similar bland cinematography.
1: Uh huh. Uh huh. There's. I don't think they did any kind of color grading. No lights
0: either. Uh, no lights.
1: Yep. Uh, audio questionable at times. Uh, <laughs> very questionable audio. I thought,
0: uh, I thought the audio. I mean considering that it's fine. Most that of the time. audio can be awful for like, uh, you know, low level, like shoestring budget films. I, I thought it was okay, but yeah, in places it was questionable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There were a few scenes where it was pretty bad, very echoey, where you would want to do like ADR, right, when uh, which is, you know, going back in and <laughs> for those not in the biz, <laughs> uh, that's going back and, uh, you know, dubbing the audio over, which is done pretty frequently. in uh, well, I guess these days it's not done quite as much because a lot of productions now, they have, like, uh, portable mics under their clothes.
0: Uh, right. I so mean, that
1: eliminates the need for some yeah, of I that. Yeah, I think
0: they, they still do it, though. Like, I uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I was watching Red Letter Media recently, and they were pointing out, uh, like, ADR and the new Jurassic Park. Like they, would, like, they threw in a few lines just to make it, quote-unquote, funnier. Uh, and I just think it's funny that even with all the you know, technology that they have these days, they can still, uh, you know, you can still point out ADR because it's just so hard to do. It's really hard to pull off. But uh, moving forward, the synopsis, uh, (laughs) which seems simple, uh, but once you get into the movie, it just spirals out of control, goes as follows. Sure does. A reporter, Clyde Adams, searches for answers to the mysterious deaths of teenagers on the spook bridge, which... um, it's actually based on a real local legend for South Georgia. I think sure. I went to.
1: Do you remember hearing this legend as a as a kid, Stephen? No,
0: I mean I didn't grow up in South Georgia. Like my parents moved there, uh, you know, and then I went off to Singapore. Um, but uh, but no, I mean they told me when they were talking about this movie, they said it was based on a you know a, a real legend, and I think we actually went to Spook Bridge, and surprise, surprise nothing happened because ghosts aren't real mm. a <laughs> spoiler alert
1: i don't know steve uh i mean we ended up watching this m- movie so uh it's pretty frightening oh, you
0: think the uh the ghost wanted us to watch it yeah hell is that what you're saying they wanted us to watch yeah
1: we've been cursed <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. we've been cursed with this podcast that's uh almost two years old now called obscurity now mm. uh but uh Moving on, uh, the director here is uh, Doug Sebastian, and I'm just going to tell you uh, straight up that Doug Sebastian and writer Rory Kirkland are the (laughs) dynamic duo of South Georgia indie filmmaking, Uh, and they've basically worked on a whole bunch of other stuff together, uh, including The Rekindling, a short called Batman and Robin to the Fest. And another movie called... Uh, I wish this would have been a short. <laughs> right? And another movie <laughs> called Crazed Intent. Uh, so, uh, yeah, basically, Doug Sebastian's the director. Uh, Roy, Kirk, Roy Kirkland is the writer of all those same films. And then they sometimes work with this co-writer by the name of Doug Sebastian. And he's worked on films such as Grandma's Blessing. And, <laughs> and there you are. Um, and, uh, and then there's, a, I guess, a fourth guy who. Um, all right, actually, this is the third guy, John Yeomans. And he's also worked on Grandma's Blessing and Battle of the Cursed, The Two Kings, which sounds like a hilarious, like a Lord of the Rings ripoff. I didn't really investigate. Yeah, it probably. So that's is. what I'm going to go with. Now, how they got uh, a budget to do a ripoff of Lord of the Rings in any kind of fashion, like, we'll never know. <laughs> and uh but uh but the name of their production company is rkds entertainment and media they're covering all their bases here
1: mm. and, mm-hmm. uh, I'll give you... multi-talented uh and if you
0: ha... double threat <laughs> if you had to guess what rkds stands for uh what would you guess
1: rkds mm. uh
0: I, I i i don't know uh, roy Ripping kirkland Kids. and oh. doug sebastian <laughs> Oh, right, right, Yeah, right. that's pretty... Sorry, I thought you said... Arc- I, yeah, I
1: didn't... I don't know how I didn't realize there were four letters when I said all four letters myself. Sorry,
0: you had a, you've you had a rough day. Uh...
1: I had <laughs> a rough
0: day, Stephen. All right, why don't you take us through the star-studded cast?
1: Yeah, so first up we have uh, Dominic. Hold on, let me get my notes here. Dominic DeFrank, who plays Ryan Smith.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know him from nothing you know him from nothing uh but he actually um has like a few things uh that are in pre-production and currently filming but i mean honestly for the most part it's all just like shorts uh although he did do the voice of a few voices on a uh, beyond ragnarok video game uh and he has um a tv series that's currently filming called lakeland um
0: Boy, that so, must be, yeah, it looks like there ac- must be an exciting one. Hey,
1: there's five episodes that he's in or have been on filmed? episode 25. Know, but...
0: They go back to the steak and shake for the 50th time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, and uh, this is the guy that uh, this is the guy that gets like kills all his friends. Right. I think right. His character, yeah, he's Ryan, the, uh, uh, the
0: opening guy. He is the um, great grandson of. Uh, well, we're, we're going to get into it here in a minute.
1: Yeah well uh then we've got chandler lane who plays uh clyde adams i honestly i don't even remember like who was that the reporter yes, yes it was clyde okay yeah Did like you sleep i through this
0: movie be honest
1: <laughs> i i fell asleep around the 40 minute mark and i woke up about i don't know 10 12 minutes later in the mm-hmm. middle of the old man's long dialogue <laughs> Uh, don't worry. A lot of exposition. I took
0: some meticulous notes, so I'm gonna fill it in for I'm you. Sure,
1: you did. I did not bother rewinding. <laughs> uh, and I was when I woke up, I was like, "Oh, this monologue must be like pretty close to over." <laughs> no, no, it went on like another seven minutes. Uh... Um, anyways, besides uh, Chandler Lane, um, we've got Blake Thomas Cornell who plays Chance Futch. Mm-hmm. F U T C H. What kind of a name is that?
0: I don't right, know. Uh... He uh, was the, Blake Thomas. He was the drug dealer. Well, we don't have to go over all the characters, but because uh, we're going to yeah, get oh, there. we're not. It's not. Yeah. It's not
1: worth it. You know him from nothing. You know him from nothing. Um, then we've got uh, Henry Tisdale, who plays Sheriff Compton, who tries a little too hard. I, I would love, say. I love. Uh, There's some
0: great hammy performances in here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michelle uh, Tucker plays Amelita. Uh, um, they pronounce it very weird. How was it? Amalitha, Amalitha Birch. Yeah, which is the actual witch, right? hmm She was like the, the, the mm-hmm. witch. Uh, then we've got Ted Bellack, which is Bernard Futch. Mm-hmm. I think that was, what, like his dad or something? Yeah. Uh, and then we've got Jesse Brantley, who plays Mammy. <laughs> uh, and I, I saved Megan Pitts for last. She plays Heather Sinclair. Mm-hmm. Um, the love interest of Clyde. Um, I saved her for last, Steve, because... I mean, and again, you don't know her from anything. But I think I legitimately think I've met her.
0: <laughs> it looks like someone you would have uh, uh, courted. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I may have. I, I, I'm not even like trying to be funny. I legitimately think I may have like met her and tried like flirting with her like <laughs> eons ago or something. Like she looks very familiar. So you were into Heather, uh,
0: huh? Well, at least there was something for you in this movie.
1: <laughs> I think. I mean, I don't know. I I, I didn't look up with her. Either, oh, but, right. But I'm pretty sure I've met her at some point.
0: <laughs> well, that's that's already made this movie way interesting than it deserves to be uh, so
1: but yeah and, and that's the
0: case all right so the let's just we got a lot to cover here so we're gonna dive right in um, Fortunately, so the movie kicks off we get the spookbridge logo which um, I mean it looks like it was made in Photoshop I mean I think like it would look decent
1: mm-hmm. i mean i mean maybe gimp gimp 1.0 <laughs> <Yeah. 0. laughs>
0: they didn't want to spend money on a uh, adobe uh yeah. subscription and uh i mean the music is okay off the right off the bat here but uh i mean right at the beginning we can already tell like sort of the level of budget you're dealing with when you see a logo like that is, <laughs> that's all i'm trying yeah. to say
1: it was weird the end credits were nicer than the opening credits.
0: Uh, maybe they figured out how to be cinematic by the end. Who knows? Uh,
1: well, like, like you know, they at least like did like some three D like credits with like decent rendering for like the, the final credits of the film, which is, why didn't you do that at the beginning? Yeah, they, they found a friend <laughs> who confused. had um,
0: After Effects, and they he helped them out. Uh, was, what a yeah. I
1: mean, but it. They, it was well done. Like for the credit, the end credits.
0: Sure. I think you were just happy to see the end credits. So uh, anyway,
1: I I was ecstatic
0: to see the end credits. <laughs> So, cut to a, um, a dude on a, on a talk show called the O. Roy Show. I'm pretty sure that's uh, Roy Kirkland. And I actually went to the RKDS website, and Roy Kirkland does have his own sort of uh, basic cable, like, local TV show. So, I'm sure... Like, public yeah, access? So, I'm sure he wanted to, like, you know, insert himself uh, into his work here. Uh, and the and the yeah. dude on said show uh, ends up being our main protagonist, Clyde. And he's on there being uh, interviewed about the book that he wrote about Spook Bridge. <laughs> and Roy here, man, just absolutely bombards Clyde with questions, like question after question. And he sort of stumble. I think they were trying to improv or something because it's really it's delivered really weird. And he sort of like stumbles over himself. And basically, he's asking Clyde if he uh, stretched the truth, which I mean, you can't ask someone that on a, on a talk show. But uh, whatever, for the sake of the story, we'll go with it. It's like it's like, oh, excuse me, uh, Mr. Trump, uh, is your book that you wrote here just nothing but a pack of lies? It's like I just can't imagine <laughs> like uh, Jimmy Kimmel like asking somebody that. But uh, anyway. Uh, Clyde says he didn't do it for the money, he just wanted to tell everybody, uh, what's going on, and then they, like, slowly pull back, and there's a really weird shot here. I mean, and I'll give him credit for at least trying something different and for being ambitious. If anything is to be said about Spook Road is that I feel like they were at least ambitious, but that ends up hurting them in the end and it's a really weird yeah. two shot because like it's, they're shooting the monitor and then behind the monitor in the background is roy and clyde and, but they're focusing on the the background roy and clyde and the monitor is out of focus and i just don't understand the mise-en-scene <laughs> of that
1: uh of that <laughs> shot
0: right there uh, what uh what did you think of our cold open here
1: I mean at least like the talk show was taking place on a real set. Mm-hmm. So I was like kind of hopeful that maybe there was a little bit of a budget at that point cuz I'm like, "Oh okay, this is like an actual like set." Mm. Um and the and, and you know like audio is a big thing for me, right? Like so I'm like, "Okay, audio here sounds fine. Like okay, maybe this will at least be like competently made." Uh, <laughs> But we hadn't gotten to any Viz effects. I, I also didn't uh, really get that shot
0: either. Right. Uh, what what we... did you think about uh, Roy and his uh, <laughs> questions and his line delivery? Uh,
1: you know, uh, maybe Roy just learned the English language that day. <laughs> uh, his delivery was a little... Not he not that he has an accent. Uh, just he talks like someone whose mouth arrived today. <laughs> uh, you know?
0: Speaking of accents, there are... Plenty of Southern accents in this film, so for some reason, if you don't like that, you probably—that's one of the many reasons why you probably shouldn't watch. Maybe I don't know. You want to wait to the end of the interview to, to figure it out for yourself. Uh, so then we cut to, and this kind of filled me with hope—an old-timey newsreel. Uh, You—I mean, we have yeah. one of those uh, in our own show for our. Um, what is it? Our. Um, <laughs> would we. Oh, it's uh, stalemate. Something uh, is it's a stalemate. Yeah, yeah if it's a We stalemate. have one of those, so um, should it be in a 2-hour horror movie? Um, you know, maybe, but I mean it's obvious they threw it together in uh, in premiere. It doesn't actually look like it's from the, you know, early 1900s, but uh, I mean, whatever. It's kind of fun and it's basically just old-timey newsreel and they don't even have that voice, which is kind of disappointing from the South Georgia Newswire. Judge George Briggins, filmed alongside wife and sons arrive at the Brook County Courthouse July 18th 1916 and then it says the state of Georgia represented by Jackson Smith and attorney Bernard Futch I mean that's basically the um the bad guys and they're uh, basically arguing uh, with um who we're going to see is uh, Amelitha Birch. She owns like the land around this body of water and they want to build a bridge across the Withlacoochee River. I think it's a river. And, um, you know, they, uh, you know, she's standing in the way of progress, uh, more or less. Now, were you, uh, when you saw the newsreel and the fact that we were going all the way back to the 1900s, uh, what were your thoughts?
1: Uh, You know, whatever hopes, I had uh, the opening, but very quickly dashed. Um, Yeah, like from the accents, the newsroom, I was like, oh, God, this is not going to be good. Um, And I think at this point, we hadn't really like had any music hit yet. I think it's after the court scene that we start to like get like music within the Mm -hmm. film and the music. I just don't want to forget to mention it is like clearly stock music. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with using stock music. It's a great way to save some money. However, you need to, like, choose the right songs and make sure that they fit the scene. Like, at one point, like, they're using what basically sounds like music you would hear, like, in a superhero action film, you know, like, during right, a fight. Right, And, uh, but it's, and it doesn't fit at all what's going on. And, uh, yeah. yeah. I
0: remember there's... Anyways, yeah.
1: Yeah, not, not, not great.
0: <laughs> I remember there's one that sounds like, I don't know, like, Legend of Zelda music. <laughs> almost like mm-hmm. sort of fantasy twinkly sounding stuff and uh, I was just like man yeah. who 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 booked this shit as they say uh, but to circle back around to wrestling you know TNA and whatnot. But but uh, yeah. yeah so anyway we're in the courthouse and it's packed with a bunch of white folk wearing the most pristine white shirts you've ever seen I assume Roy Kirkland went down to Walmart and Sam's Club and um Picked up uh, just at a, a you know a twenty to two hundred pack of pristine white shirts that they didn't bother to uh, to you know dirty up or anything like that. I uh, just wanted to say uh, w- hello to uh, two real geeks. Uh, what's up, man? Hey, another episode of Theme Park Legends coming out soon. I uh, just wanted to throw it in there. Uh, did you? Hey,
1: thanks for joining um, Two Real Geeks.
0: Did uh, did you notice the pristine white shirts <laughs> worn by all the people? Yes.
1: They- <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, clearly these shirts were bought today. Nobody bothered to, uh, you know, make them look like there was some wear and tear or like, you know, anybody was dirty, you know, especially with the time period it's supposed to take place in. Nope. These were uh, pristine, straight from Clorox themselves. Yeah, I was
0: about to say, are you are you trying to say that bleach didn't exist back in the early 1900s? Because <laughs> I'll have you know. I have no idea. Uh, so...
1: <laughs> I have no idea, though. But the point is, like, you know, these are supposed to be like, you know, uh, you know, regular everyday country folk, you know, so you would think at least a few of them would like have an outfit that looks a little worn or a little dirty or whatever. I
0: mean, I can just see Roy Kirkland, like putting out a flyer in like the local uh, Georgia paper and it's like be in a movie, get a free white shirt. And then those are the people who (laughs) show up.
1: Uh, although Steve, I wonder how white these shirts are because now that I'm thinking about it, the whites in this movie, and by the whites, I mean the color, not the people that are white. <laughs> Though there are a lot of white people yes, in this movie. Yes, there are. Uh, but the the whites in this movie like are very bright, and like washed out at times. Yeah. Like they
0: clearly did no white balance. No, no, it's just uh, one of the in a lot of the many scenes. problems with the cinematography in Spooch Spooch Spook Bridge. S- <laughs> S- S- <looch. laughs> like,
1: like your your sh- your lighting shouldn't be so bad that your white shirts are almost giving off a bloom.
0: <laughs> whoa, whoa, uh, whoa! Lighting? I don't even think they know the meaning of the word. <laughs> but I get what you're saying. Yeah, I, I get don't... what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, basically, um, the uh, Futch and his lawyer are sitting there, and they start ragging on uh, Amelitha, calling her a witch. And then the uh, lawyer is like the typical Southern lawyer is like. Oh, all I'm trying to say here, on, is that the uh, the defendant identifies as a witch uh, which is which is good, you know, very inclusive, very diverse <laughs> and
1: uh, yeah, cause because the judge and actually this judge was surprisingly written like a real fair mm-hmm. judge. And makes a lot of, honestly, the judge might be my favorite character in the whole movie because he's the only one that makes any kind of sense. Yeah, he
0: was great, um, both acting-wise and logically speaking. I think that's uh, the third member of their writing team, uh, Yeomans, uh, John Yeomans or whatever it is. And yeah, he's unfortunately, he's never seen again after this scene. Um, But yeah, he was too busy working behind the scenes, I guess. And uh, yeah, because the judge is making the point like, hey, don't you can't just call her a witch
1: uh, like because that's derogatory. Like it's going to make her seem like this in front of the jury, blah, 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 blah like, you know, call her by her given name. Right. Like
0: right. Like, he yeah, so, gonna...
1: And he makes a lot of like decisions like that where he's like, well, that's not fair because blah blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 yeah. blah. So, yeah, I'm glad that they uh, didn't go with like the trope of like crazy, terrible southern judge.
0: Right. Uh, right. Right. Yeah. I, I agree with you. And almost makes this scene worth it. <laughs> um yeah. but uh yeah then she uh, uh she eventually shows up Hold on, let me okay so in walks amelita Birch looking like the Kmart version of the girl from the ring. Um like mm-hmm. I mean I would say that you know the actress is definitely trying. Uh she's got uh, like a kind of a creepy voice, I'd say that they really—I mean, they didn't uh, put any kind of effects on it at this point. I guess because she's supposed to be just a regular human for the most part. But uh, she says that um, it's a—you uh, know—that it's her land, blah blah blah. You can't take it. Uh, they also make a big deal to mention that the son's blind son is in attendance at the um, at the uh, right. court, and that's important for later. And uh, yep. let's see. Judge says that um, uh, Mr. Smith,
1: because basically, Steve, and, and I'm going to have to have you clear a lot of this, up a lot of this plot. <laughs> There's they basically want to build a bridge, right, Spook Bridge, and they need to buy her land to build it, like I guess over mm-hmm. it, like and she's refusing to give That's it right. up. Uh, okay, so just for those who care about the plot, <laughs> not that the writers <laughs> necessarily <Right>. did. But...
0: <laughs> I mean, I would say. You know they still sort at least have it together at this point, but it definitely flies off the rails pretty quick um so to in in order to speed things up um you know the Birch shows the judge her deed the judge says that it's uh incontestable that it's her land, and uh you know they can't seize it from her under the guise of imminent domain there I know that was a big deal and, and and this was weird I mean, and I haven't been. In a lot of courtrooms, but so he just bangs his gavel and it's like I find in favor of Miss Birch, and then he just walks out. <laughs> he just everybody else stays yep. in the courtroom, including his blind son and the uh, judge. He's just he's out to lunch or out to golf or whatever it is that he does. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he just had to be offset really fast at that point. But uh, yeah, he just walks out, and yeah, yeah, very weird. Everyone sits there. And then Miss um, Birch comes up to uh, uh, Jackson Smith, and uh, like gets right up in his ear, and he's like, "If you come anywhere near my land, it won't be the court you'll have to fear; it'll be me." And then she pulls out his hair and eats it, which is pretty disgusting. It seems like something a, a witch would do. Um, yeah, yeah. That's and then she goes to uh, the judge's uh, blind boy. And uh, blows uh, the green Muda's green, the great Muda's green mist into his face. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I mean, do you want to describe the mist? Because I mean, obviously, it's not real.
1: <laughs> um, I mean, w- wasn't it? It was like one of those like stock, oh yeah, uh,
0: drag and drop uh, videos that they
1: yeah. You know, there's a lot of drag and drop like special effects, you know, uh, quote unquote, mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah, it was just poorly placed. Uh, Mist, Mm -hmm. fake mist.
0: I mean, I would say they (laughs) they did their best, um, which isn't saying all that much. So, uh, exterior, nighttime. There's a fire in the woods, and then a truck slowly approaches. Four sort of typical or stereotypical rednecks exit the truck, and uh, they go ahead and explain what they're doing there. So we, as the viewers, will know. And they basically say that they are being paid to kill uh, Miss Birch, uh, the witch. And um, so they show up. Miss Birch says a curse to her campfire. I guess she uh, magically knows that they're already there since she's a witch. The rednecks loom behind her, holding their bats or shovels or whatever it is. She finishes her curse and her spirit (laughs) leaves her body, but it's green like the mist for some reason. And then the Rednecks' rain blows down upon uh, Miss Birch. Your thoughts on this scene, Mr. Velasquez?
1: Um, man, I already started to get confused about what was happening, <laughs> why this was the way it was. Um, yeah, I, I just started to uh, get very confused. And, and at this point, I realized this was going to be a long hour and 50 uh right i Um, I would
0: i think it's safe to say that um (laughs) roy kirkland and doug sebastian they're probably a mark they're probably marks for their own writing and filmmaking (laughs) because as you're going to see there's a lot of stuff that needed to be edited down big time but uh my big question here is like okay maybe if all right if we're to assume that she knew they were coming why didn't she do anything about it and Alright, if the idea is then that she doesn't know that they're coming, then wouldn't it be more impactful, like, suspense-wise, if she's, like, in her, like, I don't know. I guess she just lives in the woods, so she's gotta have some kind of shelter. They couldn't find a cave or something. Anyway, she's in her cave or shack or whatever, and then these dudes just show up and hold her down, and as they're beating her down, she, she then curses everything. It's like, why... Right. Why did it have to be this way? Where she That was just so weird. Her just sitting there and the dudes standing around her. It just didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah,
1: totally agree. Um, but, you know, that's the beginning of things not making sense. Uh, <laughs> in this it's just a little taste. Right,
0: and it's not even that bad what's yet. The it cut. only, yeah, it, things only escalate. So then we get another whirling newspaper headline um, that says, uh, Miss Birch missing for weeks, presumed dead. Then another one that says, the bridge has been built. So I'm just showing that time has passed and they got their bridge. And now we're in uh, 2016 and we are outside in the woods at night. Some teenagers with lanterns say they are there to summon the witch of Miss Birch. And uh, this is, uh, it seems like whenever they have like groups of teenagers, they just sort of tell them to kind of like improv. And since these, uh, yeah. these kids are actors, have never really improv before, they're just yelling at each other. <laughs> and it's,
1: yeah, pretty much. It was pretty bad. Yeah, and it's, it's uh, awful
0: because, I mean, I, uh, I've i experienced a lot of bad improv in my day. Um, so I don't know. I thought it was pretty funny. And, and Steve, these are the best takes. Yeah. These are the best takes. We, we shot presumably 200 takes, and those are the best ones. Yeah. Um, yeah so it's weird they lay out a tray with a pentagram on it and then feathers and as you right, do. and ryan futch is there and of course he's uh he's the arrogant sort of screw around guy and uh it's funny the uh their uh medium or the the girl who wants to like she just says we have to do this we have to do this and they never give any reason why like that they um that they have to summon uh, Miss Birch. It's just she, they have to for some reason. And uh, yeah. he calls them all scared asses, which, I don't know, I just, that sounded funny to me for some reason. Then, of course, uh, in classic sort of uh, horror movie fashion, Ryan leaves the group to go urinate. Then the ghost of Miss Birch jumps up in his face, makes him fall back under the bridge. Ryan says he saw her, and he wants to prove it to his friends that she was real and uh so they try another seance and then yes yeah, sarah was the name of their medium she then wanders away from the group because i guess they and then it's funny nobody questions why she just walks away they just keep <laughs> improv right. with one another and they let her go and then she sees miss birch and then miss birch touches her face like hold on if you can uh if you haven't seen the uh the cover of Spook Bridge it's basically this like gray claw with like spiky fingernails on it and so that's her hand and so she's like touching her face and uh and then her friends go to check on her <laughs> this is this is great cuz like it makes no sense uh, physically you could tell they were just trying to go for a scare they like the, the camera pans around Sarah and some her throat's been cut, yet somehow she's still standing there. How is that possible, How right. How is that possible?
1: Uh, my guess is they had no idea what they were going to do for the vis effects exactly. <laughs> they knew it was going to be blood, but they didn't know how they were going to do it. And this just ended up being... What they did ended up being not what they thought they were going to do. It would be my guess. I mean, set.
0: they... I feel like they could have found a tree for her to, for the body to lean up against at least like just because yeah. it just doesn't make any sense in the, in the in reality Yeah they're in the woods. right, ones, right. So the guy who's not Ryan like, cuz there's a fourth member of their group that I don't think he's ever identified he gets a uh, hand shoved through his chest and uh, and then the other girl looks
1: awful oh,
0: I mean i let me describe it first and then the other girl gets her jaw ripped off and then for one, whatever stupid reason, she spares Ryan, who, again, is the son of the man who ordered her murder. She says, it's been 100 years since my death, and I'm back for my final revenge. Now, if you're a horror fan, the stuff that I just described to you, the jaw getting ripped off and the hands shoved through someone's chest, probably sounds uh, pretty brutal in your mind, but... <laughs> Just imagine, like, the lamest, like, superimposed green screen effects, and uh, that'll, that'll take the win right out of your sails. What do you yeah.
1: think? And, uh, Steve, uh, if she has been dead for 100 years, mm-hmm. and the kid with the glasses, the blind kid, saw her in court, and he's alive later because he's a big part of the movie, mm-hmm. how old is that old man then?
0: I know. Oh, man, that that is because uh, he
1: was like 10 in the courtroom. Right. The lady wasn't dead yet. She dies. So he's like 110.
0: Yeah, that is an old man. And for some reason, he lives in an abandoned jail, which we're going to get to real soon. As um, you do. But uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's like a
1: normal Georgia thing. Right, Steve? <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, my uh, my brother stays in the abandoned jail uh, every night. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but uh, and, and he's
1: and he's what one seventy two, I believe. You're, he's your older brother, right?
0: <laughs> they, South Georgians live for a long, long time. Uh, it's true, <laughs> kind of like the Japanese. Um, but uh, see, I, I feel like mm, I really feel like they're what mo- what kind of horror movie do you think they were imagining when they started making this? Like, I, I feel like they're trying to lean towards maybe like Blumhouse style but i mean but then they have all this historical footage you know that looks like you know old school history channel <laughs> the, um, biographies and uh, documentaries well, I, mean,
1: after, I don't know after reading roy's biography that on imdb that presumably he wrote himself mm-hmm. i think he just heard about like this story uh, you know like this fo- local folklore and was like oh i'll do a movie about that because uh, in his bio he like says that he um had never even like set out to like write he says something to the effect of like oh i never even wanted to write anything
0: he's the uh, uh, he's the one guy who's uh uh written more books than he's actually read
1: <laughs> or, yeah 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 he's one of those uh, so yeah like literally he says uh l- l- let me quote here <clears throat> um before we filmed And There You Are, which is a, his first movie, mm-hmm. I rarely had a desire to write anything, let alone a script.
0: Well, so I, <laughs> I think that says it all, right? I even uh, had my so. secretary write notes to my mom. Like,
1: <laughs> I never wanted to do this.
0: Yeah. Here, watch it. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> right. So, uh, well, I think
0: it's more of, you know, they just needed a script and didn't want to pay anybody else to write it. So in that case, you just do it yourself. Um, Well,
1: I mean, this was like, at this point, like this film, I think it's like his fourth or fifth film mm -hmm, that he had done. So I mean, at this point, you know, he's into it, you know, he's into writing, right? Uh, (laughs) You know, for better or worse, he has a passion for it, I guess. I love
0: how you say into writing. That's like a the guy who finds out the, the local football team might be going to the Super Bowl, and all of a sudden he's a super fan. Oh, yeah. I've, yeah. I've always been into football, bro. What you talking about? Yeah. I
1: love like, it. Like, Roy Kirkland thinks he might be going to Hollywood, so now he's <laughs>
0: – <laughs> Yeah, Hollywood, you know, Hollywood Florida. Florida.
1: Yeah, I actually feel kind of bad because I bet this guy, like, vanity searches, like, his films all the time and Googles, you know, <laughs> oh. his name. and He's probably going to stumble across this and uh, – I mean, I'm sure he's. Some of these IMDb reviews are not kind. I, like the 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 first one literally says, uh, the the title of the IMDb review, the top review for this film we're reviewing is, uh, Roy Kirkland has never made a good movie. <laughs> Ooh,
0: oh wow! Like, yeah, I, uh, this I, is mean. I wanted to look at those, but I was gonna save them like till after we uh, we get through this. So uh, yeah, make sure you keep that page uh, handy. Um, I mean, I feel like. I mean, again, I should probably save this to the end, but it's like too much. They should have scaled back. It should have just been like, you know, Amelitha killing teenagers. And then one of them survives and figures out how to beat her like the end. Like, but yeah, but instead we have this like, oh, we've got reporters and police officers and like, uh, you know, historical documentary style footage. Like it's uh, like I said, I think uh, they tripped over their own ambition. But uh, moving on. So uh, now we are it's daytime, we're in the wooded area, and there's police vehicles blocking off the streets. They're out, basically outside of Spook Bridge. Uh, Ryan is still there, and they are arresting him for the murders of his friends. They ask him questions, but he doesn't talk. And uh, that, man, that, the bald deputy, uh, who's the actor's name uh, escapes me, everything he says is hilarious. <laughs> just his delivery
1: his delivery his delivery like you're talking about the 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 deputy that like hates cursing
0: yeah yeah that one and he shows up and he's just like what on god's green earth happened here uh and then they uh cut to the sheriff uh who says to take ryan to jail and now uh ryan is being held held for questioning in a library (laughs) by the sheriff did did you notice that like they I could've... I
1: assume that southern georgians just consider reading a punishment.
0: Oh, uh, he's kidding south georgia who I'm sure is not listening to this. Um but uh, uh so Ryan's computer Steve. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, uh so Ryan who um now is talking says that it was Miss Birch. Uh the two cops uh oh his uh the other cop who's not the bald one, the the african american one, he's uh He's a pretty great over-actor, too. Um, and they sort of yeah. a bicker. He's the one who's, like, swearing. And then the other guy says, you know, stop swearing. It's, I'm like, did they come up with this, like, the day of shooting? Like, I just can't imagine they wrote that stuff in there. I just, I imagine Roy was like, ah, I think you guys are funny. Why don't you get in there and Abbott and Costello this scene? Ham know, it up, yeah. yeah. So Ryan doodles something on a page. And then it's later revealed that it's uh, Mrs. Birch's magic words or something. Uh, cut to um, our uh, lead investigator slash protagonist Clyde driving in the town. He stops at a gas station and then cut two inside the gas station. Uh, a woman is breaking up with her no good cheating boyfriend who was later revealed to be Chance, who was a drug dealer. Clyde mm-hmm. pulls up to get some gas, uh, and out comes chance and the girl. He says he's there to talk to the sheriff about the investigation. He says he's a reporter, and then uh, Chance, like, is basically, I mean, this is a really weird exchange, because, like, they're trying to present Clyde as this really sort of uh, neurotic uh, kind of investigator, almost, I would say, like, a Woody Allen type, and he's, like, uh, purposely, because I actually think uh, the actor who plays Clyde is actually pretty decent. And, yeah, he's uh, okay. He's, he's okay. um purposely saying, well, like and um i mean he starts out decent i think it depends on the scene really
1: yeah like he's not i wouldn't say he's a great actor but he's he's definitely like competent but he's not going to be able to like take crappy material and you you know make it better than what it is on right the
0: page. he's better than most of what's going on here
1: <laughs> yeah with, uh, a, with a good script i'm sure this guy would be good and with time because I, I think if i read correctly that it was his first movie hmm. so you know he's an inexperienced guy so he's definitely has probably the most potential out of the uh, the main cast members
0: i would say right right uh so yeah he's like purposely saying and um and stumbling over his lines and And like, all right, it's weird here because, okay, Chance works at the gas station. He comes out. I was like, is this, uh, I guess, whatever the opposite of self-service is, you know, where the the gas station attendant fills up your car for him. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Chance asked him how to get to the police station. And then he's like, "Ooh, oh, yeah. not Chance, um, Ryan, at, or gosh, Clyde." Too many freaking characters in this movie. Clyde, the reporter, yeah. is Clyde asking. Clyde asks uh, Chance how to get to the police station, and then he's like, "Ooh, uh, and I am I interrupting something?" And Chance is like, "Yeah, yeah, you did." And basically, they just—he uh, doesn't tell him how to get to the gas station, and pretty much sends him on his way. And uh, I mean, it was just a weird exchange. Chance isn't even wearing, like, a gas station uniform or even a mechanics uniform. Like, it's like, does he even work there? Um, But I I guess they just wanted to show that Chance was going to be a a problem or a conflict for Clyde. Anyway, oh, any, any comments on that?
1: Uh, just really weird. He's like, like you said, he asked for directions and he's like, doesn't want to help. He's like, Oh, I guess I'll find it myself. He's like, yeah, I guess you will.
0: Yeah. I mean, this was 20, like, 2016. I mean, Google maps was still a thing. Like nobody uses a cell phone in this, uh, to do anything. Hardly. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, maybe they filmed it back in, uh, you know, early two thousands, uh, along with, uh, killing. But, uh, I digress. Uh, now we're at inside the police station, Clyde enters and, and is told by the receptionist to have a seat. She calls the sheriff and was like, yeah, he's in here really annoying me. And this is the start of, there's a lot of, well, I guess maybe you could say that chance was the start, but all of the side characters in this town, like hate Clyde and, or are just terrible people. Did you notice that?
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> like what a what a the, weird choice. The waitress,
1: choice. the waitress at the diner is nice to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heather's nice to him, and I think that's pretty much it.
0: Right. Oh, so much for Southern hospitality. Am I right?
1: Yeah. Um, in fact, I I think one of the uh, reviews on the film on IMDb was complaining about how like it made like people in the South uh, look like uh, racist jerks or something like
0: that. Eh. Somewhat. Somewhat. Uh, So uh, Clyde enters the sheriff's office. Clyde says he's dealt with this kind of thing before, says his parents died on that bridge, and he wants to help get answers. And then Clyde asks to speak to Ryan, and now we're in a quote-unquote holding cell, which is really just a chain-leak fence in some warehouse, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, Clyde talks to Ryan, who's dressed like the Hamburglar, uh, I mean, I don't know if South Georgia actually uses those striped uniforms or not, but it seems to me those would be used in the actual, you know, prison and not in just a sort of temporary holding cell kind of, uh, you know, situation.
1: <laughs> but, well, I mean, when you go to jail, I mean, they do give you like, uh, you know, like a uniform that you have to wear. like.
0: A, I, like but if, so. if you're there for a long time, though, not just...
1: Uh, nah, know. even if you're there, like, listen, Steve, I know <laughs> when you go to jail. Once you're <laughs> processed, uh, they they make you put on uh, one of the jail uniforms, sir. Even if you're only going to be there uh, till you sober up.
0: Uh, oh, gee, I just wonder why. Just speaking
1: hypothetically. I wonder why
0: you speaking. were in there. Uh, but
1: I'm just speaking hypothetically, Steve. of course, of course. Watch, you, watch your mouth.
0: So uh, <laughs> Ryan hams it up. He says he brought Birch back, and then they are going. They're all gonna die birch talks uh the witch birch talks through ryan they like sort of did they superimpose her face on him or did they just put makeup on ryan
1: uh, um, do i don't really remember i i i think superimposed.
0: yeah I think. and uh and so she's talking through him and tells clyde his hate your parents deserve to die because they were trespassing on my land she says he would have a she says he would have had a baby brother but she cut it out and ate it clyde freaks out um on um on ryan and the cops come and they remove him um now we are uh outside of uh Clyde the place where clyde's going to be staying clyde walks up to the front door and a lady answers her name is miss lily and again this is another one of the aforementioned locals who uh I don't know. I think they're they're trying to do... It's like that Southern stereotype where, you know, oh, bless your heart, I'm really nice to your face, but then when you're not around, it's like, oh, that guy was an asshole, like, sort of thing. And, right, 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 right. I mean, she almost pulls it off. I, I mean, it's just... It's like, why? Like, what kind of... Is this a comedy? Or, like, what kind of movie is this? Um, so... I
1: don't know. And, and like, isn't Roy from...
0: Oh, this area yeah i mean i heard him talking he's got Seems. a pretty thick southern accent himself so i mean it's not like he's i don't think he's looking down on anyone it's just i think there are things that he finds amusing that he is putting in this movie but isn't really working for the rest of us
1: so i i will say like his first film uh i guess was about his life mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> I, I guess i better describe this film I, I know we're kind of getting sidetracked here no no trust please me, for the best So, like I said earlier, like the first movie he made, which uh, why can't I pull it up now? Was um, shoot, I just had it here. Hold on. All right, it was called uh, Before and There. And there you are. And there you are. And there you are. Right, right. right. Um, And in it, basically, he plays a guy who a gay man who only dates straight men. (laughs) I mean. Uh, And now the weird thing is like now I can't even like find it. Oh, Oh, wait, there it is. And there you are. I found you. So let me read you this description.
0: (laughs) Okay.
1: And this is going back to um, why I think he may have depicted the people, the Southerners this way. Mm. So Ray Dalton is a successful businessman, snappy dresser, drives a Lexus on 22s, and never meets a stranger, but love seems to be the hardest object to acquire. Mm-hmm. Ray gets a lot of advice from... Blah, blah blah blah. Okay, you see, Ray only dates straight guys who, unfortunately for Ray, all have girlfriends, which get in the way. This quirky slice-of-life comedy based on actual events is packed with great characters, sexy men, and even a few girls.
0: <laughs> Anyways... Uh, Oh, man, that's the uh, best synopsis you've ever read.
1: <laughs> yeah, when it comes to men, Ray's got it going on. Only he's got it going on with all the wrong men. Maybe if he just stopped dating straight men with girlfriends, he could find his one true love. Uh, but, Ray, they're just too tempting.
0: <laughs> I have a question there, Your Honor. Uh, how, could a, how could a gay man date a straight man? I mean, at that point, I mean, how do you go on a date with a straight guy? Yeah. I mean, do you like, I mean, play it the off the guy's as something else. else? Then, I guess. Right. It's like, or is it like.
1: Does the guy know you're on a date? The straight guy yeah, doesn't like, know it's a date. Hey,
0: do you want to go catch the football game? And the, the straight guy's just like, ah, oh, sure, bro, whatever you want. And then meanwhile, he's and over then there. Maybe we
1: kiss every touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But, but I wonder the reason why I bring that up is because obviously, like, Roy's gay. Because uh, he said it's based on his life. And. Uh, so i wonder if maybe he like you know dealt with like some homophobia you know in the south sure, and like sure that's why he's maybe depicting some of these more backwards people as kind of ignorant and that kind of stuff that's that's my right, work right.
0: i mean and there's nothing wrong with you know some comical stereotyping here and there because i mean there was plenty of smart not terrible southerners in here like the judge i guess <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I was like plenty. I don't know. And, There's like
1: kind of on one hand,
0: right. And then the judge's son, who for some reason lives in an abandoned, or grandson, who lives in an a- no, no, son, son, who lives in an abandoned prison. Uh, but uh, yeah, hmm, well, interesting. I guess we'll just have to continue to unpack this present that was given to us. Um, so let's see. Where are we here? Um, yeah. All right. So Miss Lily brings him to his room. For some reason, they show her stealing Clyde's map out of his luggage, but they never really address it. Um, she asks Clyde why he's there, and she tells him he's a reporter there to cover the Spookbridge murders. Lily shuts the door, and this is when, <laughs> when she does one of her, like, lines when no one around. She goes, this shit is going to ruin this town! And uh, so, c- mm-hmm. cut to a library. Um, I just, I almost love, like just sort of the quaint cliches that were thrown in here that don't work in modern day uh, movies anymore. It's like no one goes to the library to look up stuff. They just go to the internet. Um, but right. but he had to have it in there anyway. So Clyde asks a librarian for some help. And again, just like uh, Miss Lily, she's like, um, you know, basically trying to hit on him and, uh, you know, t- Basically, isn't offering any kind of help. She doesn't know what microfish is, but lucky for our boy Clyde, in walks a Heather, like the real librarians, like. And basically, Heather's like, "You don't want to fuck with this noob. I'm the real deal." So uh, <laughs> Heather takes him back to the microfish, and um, he's sort of looking at it. And then Heather tells him about Mister Brigands, and says she'll take him there tomorrow but for now they're going to go look at old newspapers i guess at the at the local paper and um it was just weird how like the dialogue there between the two was like i'll take you there but not now, not till tomorrow but today we'll go look at papers it's just uh i don't know just the way it was all planned out just doesn't feel natural and uh yeah, you get that feeling yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was uh, very awkward. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, totally agree.
0: So they go to the newspaper place, um, which I guess they probably went to a real one, because I imagine that's how one looks in real life, just sort of dingy and just random like shit on the walls or whatever. And they ask this uh, Miss Finkel to look at the old newspapers. (laughs) And uh, she takes him back there and... um, He's like, wow, a Clyde, he touches the newspaper and he's like, wow, can you believe how dingy these things are? Miss Finkel <laughs> freaks out and says, oh, you can't, you can't be back here. You can't look at these papers. Like, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And then they're like, no, please. Basically, she's like, no, no, you've got to go. It's like, why did she bring him back there? Like, what? I mean, I imagine, you know, you probably have to wear special gloves or something like was Miss Finkel just so insulted that Clyde just went ahead and touched the paper that she's had to send them back? Like what what happened here? Unpack this for me.
1: Uh I, I can't unpack it for you, Steve, because I was wondering the same thing. <laughs> like every scene with Miss Finkel was like weird. Like later on she's like kinda hitting on him. <laughs> uh but like no i don't know and then the next day she to apologize she gives them leaves them like cereal and milk or something oh no that's like... miss
0: lily that's miss lily
1: oh uh, miss lily yeah miss... yeah And then, you know you're right you're right you're right you're yeah right. um so yeah i just uh very
0: it, it very... seems like and that, dare i say that roy doesn't care for the females in this southern town like the older ladies like they he right. he thinks of right. them as sort of like catty gossipers um which i mean at least in this fictional town or wherever they are, I, I guess they are. So whatever, just go with it.
1: You know, and I wonder if Roy uh, thinks that the actor that plays Clyde is, uh, I, I mean, he's a handsome guy, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I think like Roy might be a little sweet on him because like there's some very awkwardly inserted lines about his looks here and there. Like at one point, way later in the film when like where things are, I, I guess, ramping up for lack of a better term, You know, people are dying and you know, spooky stuff is happening. Uh, Heather touches Roy's back and she goes, "Oh, you are in good shape." Yeah, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Or actually, she doesn't. She actually says, "Oh, you're in really good shape, aren't you?" Well, I like that's the like,
0: whole uh, escalation of um, Clyde and Heather's relationship is uh, really something to behold. But, uh, but we'll get there. Um, so basically, they get kicked out and um, they're sort of waiting in an alleyway. Um, Heather says that they're going to. Just sort of wait till she leaves, and then they're gonna break in. Um, so let me let me ask you this: Have you ever heard of the? I guess, I don't know if it's a official literary term, but it's called a manic pixie weirdo. Have you ever heard that term?
1: Uh, Bas- I feel like I have.
0: Basically, it's like in every indie film that has like a male protagonist who's trying to find himself. He meets like a woman who's like carefree and like weird with dyed hair mm-hmm. and everything who's Yeah, right, who's, right. Is do you think Heather is one of those?
1: I think she's supposed to kind of be like that, like a little <laughs> Bohemian or whatever. Right, right, right.
0: Uh, okay.
1: Uh like she knows uh like she like later on, I know we're kinda getting ahead of ourselves, but like she like I, I don't know, gets that restaurant to like I don't know. It's supposed to be like a nice restaurant, even though they're the only one's there. Mm-hmm. And she's like, tells the waiter, Israel, oh, you can leave all close up when you're done, when we're done. Like, why? Are you hot? Huh? You're going to let her close the restaurant? But I guess she's just that weird chick that can do that stuff. Right. Dude.
0: I guess and there, it's also like, she's a real woman about town. It's like, she knows everyone and knows all the ins and outs and stuff. Uh, yeah, and also...
1: You- oh, uh, sorry to cut you off, but Stadium Arts, aka Stry is here. Said so hey, 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 welcome, uh... Hey, hey. <laughs> you, uh, you, you've missed most of this review.
0: <laughs> Don't worry. There's only about an hour left.
1: <laughs>
0: Ugh. Uh, God, I'm going to shut up and just let you go through the synopsis. So moving on. Um, okay. So they show a bunch of newspaper covers again. Uh, they're sort of spinning at the camera of all the horrible things that have happened on Spook Bridge. Then they <laughs> – this is weird. They hear, like, what first sounds like a, um, a police siren, but then you never – they run out. You never see a police car. So did did an alarm just magically go off in the newspaper place that they were? Did you hear that alarm?
1: I heard it too. Um, (laughs) There's a few weird things with audio where they're like, there's a word for it. I can't remember now, but basically the audio from one scene continues as you visually already move to the next scene, but the audio from the old scene is still playing. That's like a real thing in movies, film, and TV. However, it's like, I've never seen it done so poorly here because they, they do it in a way where it's like, you will s- basically barely hear both the audio from the previous scene and the audio from the new scene. Like,
0: what? Why? You just don't understand the Roy Kirkland, like, you know, filmmaking technique, you hell. Like, well,
1: I, I mean, but but that's like an editor's thing. Like, who well, edited one, this? I
0: think it was uh, Sebastian, uh, who I'm pretty sure, you know, at this point is probably, might be his BF, um, but I don't know. I don't want to throw it out there if it's not true. So uh, Yeah,
1: Doug Sebastian did edit it. You are correct. Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, where are we now? Um, a bunch, okay, alarm goes off. They run away. Now Clyde is driving, and he sees Chance like in an alley doing a drug deal. Cut to uh, Clyde meets Heather to go see Mr. Briggins, who lives in an old abandoned jail. And as we said, it's the little boy from like the, the 1900s uh, courtroom scene who was blind. Um, He proceeds to tell Clyde all the stuff that we already know. Um, And uh, Clyde accuses him of being a drunk. Like that's, that's weird, like, okay, so Clyde is supposed to be our sympathetic lead and kind of like our...
1: But he's a total asshole too. Yeah, to like,
0: people just turn into assholes for no reason in this movie. Well,
1: once you're in southern Georgia for too long, that's just what happens to <laughs>
0: I guess. Um, and uh, they, do you remember um, Mr. Briggs? I fell
1: asleep. This is when I fell asleep.
0: Oh, because it's a real... He asked him why he lived in an abandoned jail. And then he said it has something to do with Andy Griffith he was like a big fan of the show or something it's like the biggest non-explanation what? i've ever heard um and
1: that's incredible yeah. uh next time somebody asks me something i don't want to discuss i'm going to bring up some old <laughs> show from the 50s uh Star Trek. and i uh, like <laughs> You're like, hey, hey, motherfucker, there's new Star Trek being made right. Now. There are more Star Trek shows
0: hey, in I'm production not,
1: now than there have at the I'm same not time I'm on ever Star been Trek. History.
0: I'm just saying, you know, that's something that Watch you'd want to reference. <laughs> okay, fine.
1: No, but like just some old show. I'd be like, oh, yeah. It's next time somebody asks me, like, oh, yeah, hell, why do you drink so much? Oh, it has something to do with Dobie Gillis. <laughs> Dobie
0: Gillis. <laughs> Oh my God! What a weird reference. That's now that's obscurity. Now that's video power, baby. Hey, I used to love watching Dobie Gillis on Nick at Night. Oh, I used to watch all that stuff. Like the the only stuff that I really liked was Alfred Hitchcock, Dragnet, and Mr. Red. Like the other stuff, Boy,
1: yeah. Mr. Red was good. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right, uh, we'll have to cover those. Uh, we really someday. don't want to
1: talk about this movie. <laughs> uh,
0: so, um, all right. Mr. Brigand said Clyde would arrive, and and just in case you're wondering. What literary uh, meaning Mr. Briggins has in this uh, piece of literature is that he's basically an oracle. He's telling him that uh, right. you know he foresaw him coming, and and then and then it plays into the plot later. Uh, I, yeah, like...
1: and again, he's at least a hundred eight, hundred ten years old. <laughs>
0: yeah, he's the uh, the void of um, uh, from Wildcats of this movie. <laughs> yeah, and and the
1: actor that plays him is like not.
0: He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Um,
1: I I think he'd make like a great voiceover
0: actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Uh, agree.
1: He's he's got like that old man voice, perfect. Uh, Again, it's if anything, it's the the content that he has to deliver that (laughs) hurts. Of course, yes. But as far as his performance, hey, good job, good casting, good choice.
0: Well, at least we can say something positive about this movie. Um, So anyway, now we're out in a graveyard in broad daylight. Clyde walks among the graves and he hears a baby crying and lights flashing from a tree trunk. He you're like, Oh, this
1: baby, the baby sound, Steve.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The
1: worst baby crying <laughs> sound I've ever heard of. That wasn't a baby, right? Like, they must have, like, cause it wasn't even, like, a, if it was a stock sound, they need to get their money back. Yeah, they probably. It sounded like, it sounded to me like somebody... An adult was trying to sound like a baby
0: crying. Mm-hmm. Uh, either that or they went on freesound.org and found the worst sound they could find. Um,
1: I I don't know, man. Like, not to put I down freesound. Just, just sound fucking dot find org. a baby. <laughs> yeah. Just go somewhere and find a baby. Let's cry.
0: <laughs> they do it all the fucking time. They're a dime a dozen. It's true. Um, so Heather grabs his shoulder and then he does the old. Hey, why are you making those noises? Like, why would a grown woman be crying like a baby? Like, I guess just to fuck with them? I don't know. Um, I
1: don't know. If I was hanging out with Clyde for a while, I'd be crying like a baby too. Uh, nah, you guys are be best
0: friends. What are you saying?
1: Because boring, boring.
0: <laughs> Heather tells. He's Cl- in great shape though, Steve. Oh great yeah, shape. that's what. That's. Th- is that what Heather told you when you guys were making out at the castle? I don't know. Anyways, my <laughs> name is Megan. Uh, <laughs> right. So. so, Heather tells Clyde that the reason why she didn't want to sell her land, that and by her meaning uh, Albalitha, whatever, uh, Birch, was because her family abandoned her in the woods because she had a baby with a field worker. That's right. You heard right. Field worker. They did not want to use the word slave in this... Uh, in this script which i mean whatever that's their prerogative i don't really care either way well
1: steve i, I think the reason why is because if this movie is set presumably in 2016 or 2017 mm-hmm. when it when came out right so 100 years you know before that slavery was already abolished oh so yeah yeah okay
0: that makes sense but like
1: but it's clearly like a plantation owner i mean he even says you know get off my plantation at one point in the right. flashback and clearly being like a dickhead to and a racist asshole to the black people that work for. Him. Right. Right,
0: right for sure.
1: Um and uh I can't believe I'm defending a decision in this movie. <laughs> but uh, but it is but it would be accurate.
0: And I know at this point hell you're thinking, "Man, I really hope there's another historical flashback." And that's exactly oh, yeah. what you get. Mm. Uh we flashback that gets my nipples hard <laughs> to the birch plantation. Um and um they're talking about uh they ha- they captured uh, Mrs. Birch's lover, and, of course, they've got him, you know, uh, they put him up on a tree, you know, with the old noose around his neck. And Miss Birch, who, it's weird, they never, until the end of the movie, they never show her in flashback as, like, a regular person. Like, you, and so, you, if they're trying to make her sympathetic, which I assume that's the only reason why they even have this, like, additional add-on to her backstory... You never get right. to see her and be like, "Oh, look at her, looking like a normal, you know, uh, human being and not a witch." Like they never show that for some reason, and I can only assume that maybe they couldn't get the uh, the actress back for the for that day of shooting or something, so they just shot around her. It's just really weird. I just don't understand uh, why they. Yeah, didn't I, do
1: I don't it. get it either. But but Steve, you're giving them too much credit. I mean, this was shot like in a couple
0: weeks. Right, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, so uh, anyway. Uh, so she gives birth to a fake baby doll, <laughs> which is supposed to be a baby. And then, and then the dad takes the baby and throws it into a goddamn fire, <laughs> which is kind of fucked up. I mean, it's obvious that, you know, it's a baby doll or whatever. And, and we've, you know, this movie is, yeah. you know, sorry, they
1: didn't burn a real baby, Steve. No,
0: I'm not. I don't want that. I don't, I'm like, if anything, they should have, um, not shown the script oh (laughs) they should have not shown the fake baby doll just uh you know yeah do like what walking dead used to do i'm just trying to find a ways of uh improving this movie um so but i will say that the shot of the dad walking up to the fire and the fire is in like the foreground and he's walking from the background to it i actually really like that shot but
1: yeah it was a good shot They occasionally, like, stumble onto, like, a good shot. But, yes, uh, that's true. I, I'm 100% convinced it's always an accident. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, so one of the field workers give, gives Bert, I guess it's her mammy, gives her a voodoo spell to protect her. And then she is driven to the woods and left there by, uh, I guess, by some other field workers upon order of her dad. Now, this makes no sense. I I think I'm going to say that phrase a lot and more in this episode but like okay. So you've banished your your daughter because, you know, how dare she have relations with the help and uh right. Why do you sign over your land to her, you hell? Why do you do that? I
1: don't know. I didn't get that either, but um it's never explained and gave her a deed uh,
0: and everything like how I mean if you're leaving her out in the woods like I mean, it must be to die, right? Because you assume that she doesn't. I mean Maybe he's
1: just like, "Hey, sorry about your baby and vanishing in the woods. My bad. My be. Here's a
0: deed." <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what we're gonna have to go with. Uh, so that's all I got. Heather and Clyde walk around the graveyard in Dark Place style, slow motion. Cut to some new rednecks are now on Spook Bridge. Um it's a couple, and they they start making out and uh and this was a weird shot too. She's looking up for some reason while her her man I guess kisses her neck or whatever and then the camera does like a slow zoom into the trees, and then you can see she sees Miss Birch up there, and uh she then gets her leg slashed, then everyone else gets murdered off screen. Uh, and then all you see is, like, the blood spatter, like, splattering against a tree, a rock, yeah. or whatever.
1: A, or a person sometimes. Right.
0: So they decided they didn't want to have any more on-screen deaths, because I guess it was uh, took too much time to render all that stuff. Like, right.
1: man... Th- and the blood splatter is awful. Uh, right. Like, it's clearly... It's not CG, but um, the blood splatter that's splattering on people and objects, it's clearly, though, like, you know, something that's being, like, squeezed. Sure. Uh, sure, sure. Like, I mean, if, if blood came out of someone at this high level of force, their high blood <laughs> pressure would have killed them long before this witch would
0: have. <laughs> That's true. That's very, yeah. very true. Um, How many is, is this
1: the most amount of drinks you've had on uh, one of our episodes, Steve? Well,
0: see, usually I go for one big Mike's Hard Lemonade, but they didn't have those, so I had to get two little ones. Uh, uh, okay. But sure, let's go with that. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, I feel like they really missed the mark here. I think any day of the week, bad practical effects trumps, like, bad, you know, Adobe Premiere drag and drop. Um, they should have gone the extra yeah. mile and done, uh, like, back when the first murders happened with the jaw and the hand through the stomach or whatever. I mean, you can get, you know, just buy some... You know, some putty and a little, you know, just do do the practical effects. Come on, please, please. But anyway, yeah, this is what we yeah. got. So.
1: Um, there was definitely a lot of, we'll fix it in post. Right. Uh, set right. On right. Set. And it was not fixed in post.
0: So, all right. Amongst all the carnage that's going on in this small town, Clyde goes on a date with Heather to a nice restaurant. Why are they on a date in the middle of a murder vet investigation? I don't know. Like, if it would have been me, and I, I'm going to stop trying to fix this film. But, you know, it seems to me like they, they should have been like, you know, when all this is over, Heather, I'm going to take you out on a nice date. And she'll be like, all right, I'll be waiting if she doesn't kill us first. You know, just something simple like that. Yeah. But yeah. now their relationship is, uh, you know, uh, forming in the middle. And they're just like, you know what? Screw this murder investigation. Let's have a nice dinner and see where this goes. Uh, right. So then we're treated to like a montage of them like eating and then dancing. Yeah. This
1: restaurant, Steve, they are the only ones at the restaurant. Oh, uh, yep. It's supposed to be like a really nice place. There's only one table. Mm-hmm. And it's them. And, and Clyde's like, how did you get this place? And she's like, oh, I know people. And she's like, it's the most awkward conversation. She says, I pulled some strings. And he's like, oh, so you know people? Yeah, something like that.
0: So basically, like, she blew the guy to use the restaurant. Is that what you're? Yeah, saying? she blew Israel,
1: the waiter, <laughs> uh, who she knows by name.
0: Right, right, right. Ago. Well, I mean, that's how you get to know people, right? You just sleep around, and then you can get whatever you and, want. And and the, and
1: the and the funny thing is, like, they don't order any food. The food's just brought
0: to them. Right.
1: Like, he brings them a salad. He starts giving them wine. Like, they never ask for a menu. Well, I think Uh,
0: that's how it's supposed to imply that it's one of those high-class places where I guess you just go and then you eat whatever they serve you. Like, I I guess.
1: Well, I don't know how high-class it is because then at one point, um, Heather says to Israel, oh, you can go ahead and leave. I'll close up when we're done.
0: (laughs) Maybe she... What. Maybe she used to work there. They just wanted to have a reason for Israel to go home so they wouldn't have to keep the actor around. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. All right. Uh, then, all right, they go back to uh, Miss Lily's, you know, where I worked.
1: Oh, for... you're not going to talk about how they were dancing?
0: Oh, I, I think I started to. Of... Yeah, they were dancing. And at one point, she starts dancing by herself, which is the, the typical manic pixie Uh to do you dance by yourself so yeah i would say she definitely is one and
1: i'm just for any uh for any men or or women anybody who's who dates women listening to this (laughs) uh i can tell you from experience if she starts dancing by herself randomly like in the living room or someplace public, that that is a fucking red flag it's a red banner i've (laughs) i've dated several women that do that and it's it's not good it's not a good sign get out
0: (laughs) see all right so there was a worthwhile reason to listen to this review uh, yeah. So yeah, they uh, they dance. She dances by herself, and my God, it's so boring and also very poorly lit, which I mean goes without saying. And
1: very long. It goes on so. Yeah, long. man. They don't
0: know how to like. They don't know how to cut. It's in
1: slow motion. Mm-hmm. It draws it out even long. Like
0: why does this movie? I, you know what? All right, I'll save that to the end. Okay, so I wrote what was the point of that, and then um, Bert. Uh, they go up to Clyde's and um, then they just basically have sex but of course they don't film the sex part they just show them crawling into bed and then post coitus like cuddling with one another um, yeah. and it's just like it, their relationship has nothing to do with the story like in the slightest like I what did
1: you think about uh, their awkward really awkward line when she goes uh, they get to where Clyde's staying and she goes Heather goes do you want me to uh, go upstairs and tuck you in <laughs> And uh, his response, which is already awkward as fucking, his response. I mean, I, I guess it's, that wouldn't be too awkward. I guess it's kind of cute, right? It's kind of flirty, right? And uh, but then his response is, which is, I guess this is supposed to be hilarious. He goes, "It's hard," right? And then she's like, "What? Excuse me. I mean, it's hard with someone as sexy as you." Yeah. <laughs> that's that's. And she goes, "Whatever." <laughs> and then they go upstairs and fuck.
0: That's Roy Kirkland trying to be clever, I think. But uh, yeah. that reminds me of um that Seinfeld episode when he's trying to make with the dirty talk and he's like the panties, your mother laid out for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like that. See if they wanted him, uh, if they wanted Clyde to be neurotic, he should have said something like that. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, um, uh, Birch hovers into the room and tells Clyde they have no right to be on my land. And then Lily knocks on the door, and I guess it was uh, implied that it was a dream, and it's morning. Clyde reads a note from Miss Lily, and that's when she says that she couldn't make breakfast and to just have some, I don't know, cream of wheat or oats or something like that. So, I mean, this was weird because he wakes up, and the girl he just had sex with, Heather, has just gone. Um, Yeah, she's
1: gone. She's gone to buy some uh, some essential oils or
0: something. (laughs) right or she's she's back at the library her true passion yeah. um and uh getting
1: some healing crystals
0: yeah and it almost made me believe i was just like is heather even real is she just a ghost like cuz we don't see her for a while um but uh so he enters the cafe and in sort of classic you know small town like southern you know movie cliche everyone's staring at him as he orders and then, and, yeah. and yet another—they don't like
1: outsiders in this town, right? Of course, and, they don't like outsiders.
0: Uh, and then, in another, you know, very sort of cliche thing. Uh, I mean, which is perfectly fine. It's just the way it's executed is all pretty bad. Chance, the drug dealer, shows up and he drinks Clyde's coffee. Chance tells Clyde that Miss Birch might. Uh, oh yeah, so they have sort of like a little back and forth, and um, Clyde goes to leave, and Chance goes. He's like, watch out for Miss Birch. She might cut your nuts off. And then everyone in the cafe bursts out laughing. <laughs> yeah. Which I, it's funny because it's not funny because you know, in real life, no one would laugh at that. Uh, right. So, uh, now we're back at the jail. Ryan thinks he's seeing Miss Birch crawling on the ceiling, you know, kind of like the ring. Ryan says he, he's like yelling, he says that, that he's in, she's in there with him. And then Miss Birch kills Ryan. Um, now we're back at the house. Cly- or should I ask you what you thought of that murder scene of Ryan? Um, I <laughs> well, my the, yeah, just, the thing just, here just, is is that why did she wait to kill Ryan? Why didn't she kill him right? Early? Why
1: wouldn't she just like kill right cuz it, it may, it's kind of implied at the beginning when she spares him that like uh, there's like a reason why she's sparing him. But there really isn't. Like, she just kills him later on. Like, and it does nothing. There's nothing. It's not like Ryan does something to, right. like, further her motivations or whatever, you know. And that is the,
0: I would say that's the main, I mean, there's plenty of flaws. But the main flaw is that their rules for Miss Birch are not clear. Like, there's just no, no clear rules. So anything could happen And but doesn't. Yeah. So, uh, okay, Clyde wanders around in the balcony. Then he sees Ryan as a ghost. I mean, why can he see ghosts now? They never really explain it. Clyde gets... Oh,
1: and this is when Heather comes up behind him, scares him when she puts her hand on him. He was like, "Oh, right! why'd you do that? And she's like, oh, you're in really good shape, aren't you?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: you, ever, you ever think about dating uh, straight men with girlfriends? <laughs>
0: Uh actually I think it's the second time that he's on the uh the balcony but um yeah 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 so Clyde gets a call from the sheriff Clyde bursts in the sheriff's office and he goes what happened and it's like why couldn't the sheriff have just told him that on the phone uh but uh and then sheriff asked for Ryan's help which Ryan already offered his help and the sheriff said it was okay like at the very beginning of the movie so we basically went through the same scene again Here And we're already like in the third act, I think, or the end of the second act. I don't even know what act we're in anymore. Um, And uh, the sheriff shows Clyde, Ryan's dead body. And then the magic words are carved into the voodoo words are carved into his back. Clyde runs across town to the abandoned jail. Heather said they knew. And this is where he sees Heather again. She's been hanging out in the abandoned jail the whole time. Heather said uh, they knew Ryan was going to do it before he did it. So why didn't they do? Why didn't they stop him uh, from dying? Like if they knew he was going to die, why didn't they do anything? You hell.
1: I don't know, Steve. They,
0: did don't. they think they were going to stop him with thoughts and prayers? Is that the problem?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's the South. Maybe they thought they could pour him some uh, sweet tea or something, <laughs> and that would uh, some grits, and that uh, would make everything fine. Maybe. I, I don't know, man. So I, I think we are thinking putting more thought into this than uh, the writers and producers.
0: Translation: do. Hurry up, Steve, so we can get over this. Uh, no problem. No problem. Okay. So <laughs> Heather says they can't stop her. They are just trying to protect Clyde. Which I
1: don't. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, oh, we can't stop the witch. So now we're just trying to save you, Clyde. Couldn't Clyde just leave? Yeah, leave the town? go can back to
0: wherever you came from, Clyde. Um, Briggins gives Clyde Birch's deed and says that somehow the um, the way to undo her curse is written in the deed. Why does deed? he have the
1: deed? Why does he yeah. have the deed?
0: Not only that, why does he have the deed? And why haven't? Why he's a hundred fifty year old man? Why hasn't he been able to figure it out? Why is this outsider, the guy who just showed up two days ago? Why, does he, why is he the one who's able to figure it out?
1: Because he's a hot reporter, Steve. <laughs> you dumb bitch. <laughs>
0: no one's named Clyde anymore <laughs> these days either, which I, I find hilarious. So Clyde goes back, walks around Spook Bridge again in broad daylight. Like, That's another thing. If, if they would have done more night shoots, and I know it's hard to shoot at night, then this might have actually had a chance of being creepy. But, you know, clearly... Oh,
1: I mean, you saw what they did when they needed to shoot at night. Right. It looked they like green-screened it. Yeah,
0: yeah. They, they green-screened yes, it. Yes, they did. So he sees Chance, the drug dealer, underneath the bridge. And, you know, at this point, I was like, okay, so what's the point of Chance? Like, is this going to be, like, a Scooby-Doo thing? Is his, like, drug lair going to be underneath Spook Bridge? And he was just using, like, the legend to scare away, like, the cops and investigators and stuff. I, he,
1: he was using uh, the witch's breast milk uh, as his, the drugs that. Uh, God,
0: Jesus, that's weird.
1: <laughs> I don't know, man. I just, I'm just trying to make the movie better, man. <laughs>
0: More oh my God, that's weird. Oh man, that's going in a TikTok. You watch out. So, uh, uh. <laughs> so he's uh, all right. So he runs away. Like, I don't understand why he just never, you know, ever went around and confronted Chance. And that's like a thing. He never even gets a chance to do that. Clyde goes back and I guess to deal with his big run, he takes a nap. He's awakened by a knock at the door. The door opens. No one's there. He walks around the house some more for some reason. He sees someone in a rocking chair and it's Mrs. Birch's voodoo mammy. Surprise, it was all a dream. And yet he has another dream where he sees Birch killing Chance so basically all right chance was supposed to be a conflict that you know what's his name clyde was supposed to rise up against but he never got a Mm chance he never got the chance to do that so why was he even there you hell why was he even there
1: i i don't get it either because it's like usually when you have a bully in a movie like this either the bully is going to come around have a little bit of of a redemption arc or the main character that he's been feuding with will you know make sure he the bully gets his comeuppance
0: thank you but uh, i guess boy kirkland he was trying to subvert our expectations i mean
1: <laughs> they've been subverted uh that's for sure
0: <laughs> so uh now we're back at spook bridge with the cops again of course in broad daylight there's some dead bodies and then the sheriff sees birch and tells her <laughs> he goes get down here get down here like he's yelling he's yelling at a ghost to get down here so basically he ends up getting um possessed by birch sheriff kills his deputies because he's possessed by birch and then shoots himself too this was completely pointless i think it was just towards the end of the shoot and roy kirkland was just like hey let's just kill off everybody what what y'all think uh yeah so, uh, once again, Clyde stands on top of the balcony. He sees the ghost of the cops. Then Heather shows up. And uh, that's when she delivers her line of, ooh, you're in good shape. Um, Clyde says the sheriff and the deputies are dead. And Heather says that's why she came there. Um, again, just, just pick up a phone. Make a call. Um, and uh, Mr. Briggins draws something. Then he sees himself at Spook Bridge talking to Birch and gets his throat cut somehow. Like, uh, yeah, so they went back to the abandoned prison, and uh, what are you sending me? Do I Should I look at this now?
1: Oh, this is uh, another one of Roy's movies, and I think we might have to cover this one, Battle of the Curse, Ooh, The Two Kings, and the...
0: That is awesome. Uh,
1: <laughs> it's a vampire movie. And I guess it was like a kid vampire.
0: Oh, man, that kid looks like such a douchebag. He looks like... Oh, I, that's how I imagine young Billy Idol looked like.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyways, sorry, sorry, uh, listeners. I uh, just kind of got sidetracked. Uh, oh, it's not out yet. It's in post-production.
0: Nice. All right. So I'll, I'll have to talk to my brother-in-law, my quote-unquote dealer of South Georgian yeah. local indie film DVDs.
1: So, y- Oh, Roy Kirkland uh, is one of the characters. His name is Jonathan <gasps> Van Landingham.
0: <laughs> what a name.
1: The judge from Spook Bridge is in it too as arrested. Okay. Uh there's somebody a character called Tiberius and uh Chance, the bully, is a character called Kalen.
0: Nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, I really thought that Spook Bridge was gonna be uh Chance's like, you know, launch pad to Hollywood, but yes, it just didn't take. But uh all right, yeah. so we're almost done with this thing, I I think. <laughs> So yeah, they, as I said, they went back to the abandoned prison. Mr. Brigands is freaking out. He's like having like a seizure kind of thing. Again, like he draws something, and then he magically sees himself at Spook Bridge talking to Miss Birch, and then he gets his throat cut, and gets his, and it gets cut in real life somehow, and then he's dead. So Clyde and Heather go to Spook Bridge. Heather says, "If Clyde doesn't," <laughs> this is funny, because like he's sitting there with the deed, looking at it. And Heather is all carrying out on him. He's like, if you don't figure this out, we're all going to die. <laughs> like yelling at him is going to make it better. What
1: happened to, we're going we're gonna to protect you. Me and the old man, we're going to protect you. Now it's like, no, if you don't figure this out, we're all going to die.
0: Right. I mean, you've been in this town for two days. If you don't figure it out, we're done for. Exactly. So Clyde recites the words um, you know, that were, I guess, tattooed on the back of, um, of Ryan from earlier. Uh, No, they're the words that Briggins wrote down, that's what it is. Birch shows up, turns into a green mist and goes into Heather's nose, Clyde recites the words, Birch cuts Clyde like on the arm or something, Clyde once again recites the words over and over and over again, and then in the most anticlimactic death scene, Birch turns back into her original form. And by original, I mean, like, the witch from the courtroom scene. And then she turns into a still image of, uh, I guess, what she is supposed to look like as a regular, you know, normal human being with her baby. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was so weird. It was just like, it was like they uh, just took a picture, um, you know, and again, cropped it in Photoshop and dropped it into Premiere. And then it just fades away. What what did you think of all all that?
1: It was so weird, and also I I don't know if you mentioned it, but before, you know, he I guess gets her to be freed of the curse because I I I don't think we talked about two things. One is the witch herself is beholden to her own curse.
0: Right. Oh yeah, I forgot. She actually
1: wants to stop killing people. Supposedly, the old man says this, Um, but she can't because of her own curse. Um, then, like you said, you know, Clyde says the the voodoo words or whatever turns her, I guess, gets rid of the curse or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, before that happens, some weird after effects thing goes into Heather's nose. Did you mention right, that? Yeah,
0: that's when she, uh, yeah, I mentioned that. And then she that. passes out. Yeah, yeah. That...
1: Um, and those special effects were so freaking <laughs> terrible, terrible, right. terrible. Um, and yeah anyways uh, what did i think about all this well this is the scene where they green screened it um right like it all takes place and i don't i really don't understand why because like they kind of i think they kind of wanted to make it look like it was night but figured that they wouldn't be able to light it so they took like a picture of spook bridge they tried to like Photoshop the levels and stuff to make it look like it's maybe closer to night, but it doesn't quite work. Mm -hmm. And then, like, they green screen the actors and, again, change the... This is the only part of the film that has any kind of attempts at color grading, I guess. (laughs) Uh, And they have, like, these awful, like, shadows Mm -hmm. um, on the ground. And because, you know, the shadows are flat, so they're, like, not warping as a shadow would you know when the surface of the floor rises or right. changes or whatever so that looks really bad yeah so just from a comp like it's composited poorly it's ridiculous he just it goes on way too long i will say the effects of the witch herself not that bad like sometimes when she's like they're okay and stuff.
0: yeah sometimes they're okay yeah
1: they did a really good job making her hair like flow mm-hmm. slowly like in air like and that's not like necessarily easy to do right uh so I was actually, like, pretty impressed with that because I'm thinking they probably were blowing her hair. Obviously, they have her suspended and probably had her move really slowly so that then they could, like, or really quickly so that they could slow down the footage Right, thing. Right, right, right. Uh, so that she's moving in normal mode, you, you know, to keep her hair away. Anyways, it sucked, is <laughs> uh, my uh,
0: well, overall review of that scene. No, sir. He didn't like it. Uh, yeah. What about you? Uh, what, what did you Oh, think? no. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was... I, I was a dis- this is the climax. I was disappointed because, you know, this movie was two hours long and it wasn't a very good climax, especially when she turns into the still image picture of her former self. I was or but I mean I guess if you want to look at it on a macro sort of level, it kinda makes <laughs> it kinda makes sense with the rest of the movie and how you know, just low budget hey, what are you budget it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, I guess in that way, yeah. Yeah, I'm
0: sure. So, uh, all right, so Clyde wakes Heather up and tells her that they did it. And now we're back on the O'Roy show. And, you know, I started thinking, I was like, why did they even have the this O'Roy, like, sort of opening? And uh, I was like, because, you know, it basically shows that the protagonist survived. So, you know, Clyde was never in any in any danger um, right. because we know he was going to yep. but the reason why he was there was so we could have this sort of additional ending or outro or coda if you will and so we're seeing uh, the the O'Roy show like on uh, we're in a kitchen and Heather is there uh, O'Roy is talking about how Clyde methe- or married Heather and that they uh they have a kid of their own I can't believe I'm going to read this. She goes out to a grill that has an obvious CGI fire in it. And then she opens the grill. Like, you see... First
1: of all, wait, wait, wait. Before you get to this, Steve, she is... This is one of the scenes where they transfer the audio from, like, the old Roy show continues as they show her in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. But the audio is, like, so muffled. You can't even, like, make out what's being said anymore. And she is, like... I, it's supposed to be cooking, mm-hmm. but it goes on way too long. And wh- what what is she really doing? She's just like opening pots and pans on the stove, right. uh, looking at them occasionally, banging stuff around <laughs> while holding the baby. And like eventually we see this TV that's awkwardly placed on top of uh, a
0: fridge. What the fuck was it? Refrigerator like, or something. Uh,
1: no, it was like some wooden kind of furniture thing like
0: Armoire.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like a giant armor or hutch yeah, or something. Yeah, just it's yeah. very awkwardly put up there. It's basically put up there to show you the audience that she's watching Uh, Her husband, applied on the show. And then she walks out to the barbecue.
0: Right. I mean, they could have just, I mean, again, I don't know their budget. Plus, it was 2017. Like, they could have just thrown an iPad on a counter and just superimposed it that way. Or even just actually put the file on the iPad. And that way, you're actually filming it. Because, I mean, it was clear that, you know, they put a green screen on that, that TV or monitor or whatever it was they had. Because when right. they would move, they didn't do a good job um, what's it? of tracking. Yeah, it. tracking. Yeah, the tracking was off. Uh, but whatever. It all added to the charm of this movie. Sure. So, And then this ending is, pfft, God, perfect for this film, I guess. But, uh, yeah, she walks out. I did not
1: see this coming. Uh, I'll say that. Me
0: either. And I was like, no way. They're not going to actually do it. Okay, so not only... Does she place her, and this is a real, they show a real baby this time, not the baby doll from uh, the previous scene, but it's clear that it's like superimposed or green screen, however you want to say it. The fire. She puts her baby into the grill, and then there's an overhead shot of the baby in the grill, and then she closes the grill. So they didn't burn just one baby in Spook Bridge. They burned two babies. Yep. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Yeah,
1: <laughs> So she kills the baby, burns it alive, and uh, then we see her face turn into uh, the witch.
0: Right, right. And, like, and the thing is, is that, okay, so it makes sense at the beginning that Miss Birch wants to kill people who's on, their land, on her land and, I guess, cut their throats. I don't know why they all have to have throat cuts, but as we learned from uh, uh, Brain Damage, or wait, what was that movie called that we watched last year for Halloween? Brain... It? Oh,
1: um, I'm not. Brainjacked. That's yeah, it. As we brain learned jacked, from yeah.
0: Brainjacked, like the easiest way to like uh, kill people is to just like break their necks. And I guess here in Spook Bridge, they just go for the throat cuts. Like you know, a little bit of uh, a yeah. uh, a little bit of red, you know, blood, fake blood, and um, the uh, whatever. You get what I'm saying. And uh, like so, I can go with that. But okay, so her own her own baby when she was alive was burned. Why would she want to burn someone else's baby? Like,
1: yeah, and it doesn't make any sense either because, like earlier, we were told by the old man that all she wants is to be freed of this curse. That she, the curse makes her have to kill. Like, she doesn't right. even want
0: to. So much like many Disney films these days, like they wanted their villain to be sympathetic, but they couldn't just quite pull it off. Like it's all over the place. I mean, who could be who could be sympathetic for someone who burns a baby? <laughs>
1: It's just, right, right. Like,
0: so what they really wanted was a shock ending, so the the crowd can go ooh. And, and another thing that
1: doesn't make sense. So I, I guess the point is like she put herself into Heather's body when mm-hmm. that stuff went up Heather's nose and she passed out, but she was also still fighting off Clyde mm. as the witch at the same time, and then gets turned back into like so like what? She's right. In two places at the same time. Like it doesn't make any sense. And if the curse, it should have been like, it should have been like she turns into the normal whatever, and then it flies into Heather.
0: Right, yeah. I mean, it's it's just there's too much stuff going on, it's too convoluted, and whatever. Thank God the end. Um, and uh,
1: and then there's a legend (laughs) of the bird. What's this movie called again? Spook Bridge. There's a legend (laughs) called
0: Spook Bridge. Alright, let's uh
1: the, the ending the ending credits theme song almost makes it worth it. Almost.
0: Alright, let's run the bumpers and in this shit. Oh man, this was like a marathon. My god. Alright, so uh <laughs> Yeah, I'm Aletha Velasquez. Do you think that Spook Bridge should be remembered for all of uh, cinematic human history, or should it be uh, tossed over said Spook Bridge, never to be heard from again?
1: Oh my god, toss it into the pit of a fucking obscurity, maybe maybe kick Roy uh, in there, <laughs> you know, at least his, his, kick his pen and paper in there. Right. Um, so, yeah, okay. not, not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Not good the reviews on mdb like they're either ones pretty much ones or nines and tens <laughs> uh, you think
0: those nines and, and tens just, are friends of roy's
1: oh it's gotta be like i mean some of these reviews claim that it's people that saw it in the theater and were like surprised by how good it was theater? because they were like, really bad yeah um but uh yeah like um where there was one actually that i was gonna read just a part of it uh this is an eight out of ten review mm-hmm. what a fantastic movie the cinematography, the acting, the story—groundbreaking, breathtaking,
0: breathtaking, huh? Wow! Yeah, wow, wow. That was like oh. written by some guy from uh, AngelFire.com, or
1: <laughs> dude. I this one's at ten out of ten. I went to the Friday night showing, which tells me there were multiple showings, so wow. that's already weird. A little disappointed that I couldn't find a better seat. Uh, the auditorium was packed. I find out the place seated 1,200 people. Oh, damn. Uh, but yeah, he says that. Uh, the quali- Right off, I realized the quality of the film was much better than I figured. Something else shocked me as well. The movie kept my interest. <laughs> Anyways, they go on and on.
0: That's they great. were surprised
1: and pleased they went in skeptical but now they want to fuck Roy <laughs> yeah, but you know they have a girlfriend so they can't it's, it's a whole thing <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, anyway man. Steve what say you? oh man of course uh, I echo pretty much everything you say 100% uh, I really and you know I was as usual I was you know hoping for a so bad it's good but I mean when I, when yeah, I me saw too. the trailer and they had like the you know the the history stuff in there, the lawn workers, I was like, "Yeah, this probably isn't going to go that way. Uh, I think if there was like a 90 minute cut of this, then people could probably enjoy it a lot more. Um, at least in terms of, you know, the, the shitty effects and like the over the top performances. Um, but as it stands, I mean, it's definitely, phew, Toss this thing into the black hole of obscurity, uh, never to be heard from again. And here it comes. The heathens have spoken. You are obliterated. Whew. Well, you
1: know, Steve, this could easily be recut into like 90 minutes, too, because there's so much stuff that you can just cut out, like anything with chance can be cut out I
0: know I was thinking the um, same thing I was like man if I had the time between working on this show and of course taking care of my son I would edit it down the, the obscurity now cut of Spook Bridge it's gonna take Hollywood by storm watch out
1: I, I would say this could even be cut down to like an hour and fifteen minutes,
0: possibly. I th- uh,
1: there's just so much that can be cut out that has nothing. To a do
0: new with it. soundtrack uh, would help it a lot. Um, like if they yeah redid like the deaths with like actual practical effects, like that could at least like move it up to like a full moon level <laughs> of like horror film or
1: better CG. I yeah. mean, if you're gonna CG, because I mean, at this point, obviously, it's, it's shot. Mm-hmm. Right? so it'd have to be, like, CG. Well, but, uh, Yeah, I just don't have to desire. No, no, uh, I'm not
0: I'm not doing that. Especially, I mean, you and I are the only ones who are going to watch it, and I don't think I want to yeah. watch it it's a, again.
1: It's so funny, dude, because a lot of the one-star uh, reviews on IMDb were like, oh, I'm so glad that no one's ever going to see this outside of Georgia.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you! Oops. Obscurity Now is here to uh, blow your expectations away. I mean... Yeah. But, you know... Uh, And
1: In all fairness to Roy, you know, he obviously uh, and his writing partner or whatever, like, they obviously enjoy what they're doing. And, you know, they're creating stuff, you know, and uh, which is obviously what they want to do. So, I mean, I know we've kind of shit on this a lot, mostly because it's terrible. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I respect that they're doing what they want to do in in their creative endeavor just because we don't like it. Right, yeah you mean that they shouldn't keep no, doing uh, it i just oh, uh... I,
0: I agree with you 100 percent i uh, respect the uh, independent spirits i just wish they i mean of course like if you lean in the camp into the camp too much and it becomes tongue-in-cheek then you know then your film might not work as yeah. well but just don't make a two-hour movie where you don't have I... the budget to make a two-hour movie like come on
1: well, or the story, you know, I, I think like you said, like their ambition, like kind of, uh, I, I don't remember how you, yeah, they tripped it, but on they their, own tripped over their own ambition.
0: They flew too close to the sun. Yeah. Hell is what they did. Yeah.
1: Too many, too many characters, mm. too many little side plots yeah. that are unnecessary. Cause I mean, it, they, I think like there's something here that they, you could make a good story out of, um, for sure. And you know, it, it just doesn't, it, there's too much, there's too much going on. And, uh, yeah. Right, right. Maybe maybe you just have less debts and spend a, that way you can spend a little bit more money on the debts that you do have to make them, you know, stand out a bit more. But, um, so like yeah, they probably just need like, and they need like a th- independent, unbiased executive producer. Right,
0: right. Like team. I can only imagine that uh, Roy goes up to the Doug and he's like, "What do you think of it? Well, I think it's aces. Well, let's print it. Let's make it. <laughs> like, then that's yeah. it. There's nobody there telling them no. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, I, the stripped-down version of Spook Bridge is that, like, four to possibly six teenagers go into Spook Bridge, and then they realize they can't, like, leave, and then they're slowly picked off over the next, like, 80 to 90 minutes. Like, that's that, that's all you have to yeah. do. You don't need to, to go to, like, yeah. uh, you don't have to have this romance plot. Like, there doesn't need to be any non-sex scenes or, you know, drug dealers or something. I I, I would have
1: or like kill all, if you if you want to do this reporter thing fine kill all the teenagers in that one scene to establish you know your villain or whatever and then you can cut out all the scenes with the gay kid that gets arrested like all that shit cut it out because that's like 20 minutes of right the movie.
0: yeah cut out the cut stuff. out the historical stuff like maybe just sort of mention it like uh but uh yeah i agree with you there, there could be something there but uh
1: Yeah, there's something here, hopefully, as Roy. And, you know, you only get better at something. uh, And and I just feel bad. Like, we've been picking on this guy so much. But, you know, you only get better at something by continuing to do it. By his 10th film, he'll
0: be on a Michael Bay level of directing. There you go.
1: (laughs) Hey, I'm sure when you first started playing bass, you were not good right off the bat. I Uh,
0: guess not. Yeah, sure. (laughs) So,
1: you know, uh, keep at it, Roy. Yeah,
0: yeah, keep at it. I mean, hey, I look forward to that vampire movie. We're gonna do it. Actually, I am too. I am looking forward uh, to it. If it's but if it's two hours long, uh, I, I please, might, I please, might. Please, Roy, kill my ninety minutes, please. Uh, but um, yes. Did you want to Did you want to mention that podcast that you were on? Oh yeah, I was
1: recently on the uh, Still Loading podcast. Uh, it Came out last Sunday, actually, my episode. Um, so yeah, wherever you get podcasts, look for Still Loading. The episode with. I think it says with wrestling with gaming. Uh, We discuss on it uh, primarily Super Mario Kart because it was its uh, 30th anniversary, uh, which is crazy, right? 30 years since Super Mario Kart and Super Nintendo was released. So we spend a lot of time talking about that, but I do bring up this podcast that you're listening to.
0: Hey, awesome. That's cool. Um, All right. Uh, Well, that is pretty much our show. I am going to end the episode with the uh, promo for uh, Escaped Earth. Still plenty of copies of uh, that comic book that I wrote uh, available. We're going to do a crowdfunder soon for issue number two. So just stay tuned to this uh, program.
1: Yeah. Is it true that Roy Kirkland is going to be the guest writer for issue number two? <laughs> and it's going to be uh, 130 pages long? I We're going to get him <laughs> is that and is that Doug correct?
0: Sebastian to handle some of the visuals. You know, some of the framing of the uh, scenes. like Because yeah. it's a little too colorful, you know. I wanted things to be...
1: More yeah. Flat,
0: yeah. you know, not a lot of lighting, like no shadows. Yeah. and uh, Yeah. So it's 100% true. But uh,
1: yeah, I, I heard that it's going to be so long and thick, <laughs> this book, that there's actually going to have to be a forest in Valdosta uh, mowed down for this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just to predict a few copies. Uh,
0: to continue off of last episode, I forgot to tell you about. More, more uh, vindictive Rob Liefeld behavior. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, like as I've um, stated before, I'm in a chat room on Facebook that's run or with Rob. Yeah, that's run by Rob Liefeld. <laughs> he is. Oh yeah. He, okay. He's the moderator.
1: <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And
0: I know, uh, and so oh, I wait. was in there, and um, he just posted a list of people, and it said like, uh, "Say bye bye to these people." Um, they were talking shit about me. So now they're out of the group. (laughs) And I'm just like, I'm like, who has time to do this? I'm like, Rob, you're a 50 year old man. Who's worth like a couple of million dollars. like.
1: Oh, at least. More than that. Don't don't
0: you have better things? Shouldn't you be drawing, you know, pouches or something? It's like, I mean, of course, (laughs) I didn't say any of this because I don't want to get kicked out of the group either. Because you don't want to be on Rob's list. I don't want to be on Rob's shit (laughs) list. I mean, I I hope to one day be able to afford him to do a cover someday. Um, But... uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) You have to design a character with pouches and just be like, uh, feel free to pouch it up even more. Right,
0: right. but, uh, yes. but yeah, I don't know. I just think it's interesting watching Rob Liefeld's uh, behavior. Almost as interesting as watching indie films from South Georgia by the name of uh, Spook Bridge. So, it,
1: but, but I will say, man, Rob Liefeld is charming and funny as hell in that uh, image revolution uh, documentary that came out a few years ago. I guess more than a few years, maybe like five right, or six right. years ago. But, uh, yeah. I, I I think Rob's one of those guys that anybody that would meet him that meets him in person could probably never be mean to oh, him.
0: Oh man, you, know. you should see the people in the chat room. I mean, they are basically like they would do anything for him. They take a bullet for Rob Liefeld. and they're always like, Oh, look, here's a picture of me and my friend Rob It's like you just met him at a comic convention, man. You're not friends.
1: I, I- I just hope, like, Rob gets pettier and pettier as time goes on. He's like, oh, see this list of people? They wear zippers <laughs> on their jeans. <laughs> oh, that's a deep Right, cup. right. <laughs> For those that don't know, uh, Rob Liefeld, uh, he was so... The, the height of comic books was so crazy in the 90s that Rob Liefeld got a uh, commercial Levi's with Five Hundred One jeans, jeans yep. the button-up flies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, like, uh, he you know was advertising these button fly jeans which were a thing for a while in the 90s uh where you would button up your fly instead of zipping
0: imagine up. uh todd mcfarlane on that commercial it's like oh, ben God. have you ever thought about putting on a pair of levi's 501 jeans before you die that's what al simmons was thinking the other day <laughs> just <it's> like... <laughs> All right. Well, this show has gone on long enough. Make sure you join us next Sunday for more Halloween hijinks on obscurity now. And uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. Bye bye. I'm having a weird, weird day. My name's Adam. Where I'm from, I'm known as the Zero Thief. Depending on who you ask, some might say I'm the best thief. But believe it or not, even the best screws up every once in a while. And that's what I did, and I had to make a fast getaway. I ended up crash landing on this bizarre planet. Turns out, I didn't get away fast enough. These winged freaks followed me here. It's just us here, zero feet, on this empty backwards planet. So start talking, either to me or my way. Okay, okay, I do have something to tell you. It's about the planet. It's not that empty. Come on, man! I thought you were gonna die. Cut me loose. Cut me loose. Behind you. Whoa! Ah. Thought I was done for. It was gonna be a light snack for a snarling creature, but then she showed up riding on the back of one of those monsters like it was nothing and with a wave of her hand the other razor-toothed beast just stomped away. I'd never seen anyone like her before in my life. I thought I'd say something clever. Thanks uh have you seen my ship? She gave me a look that said more than words ever could because I think she was trying to read my mind or something and from there things just got even weirder. 36 pages of insane dinosaur action. Issue 1 available now at reptilianmedia.bigcartel.com Featuring a variant cover by Sean Forney. Act now while supplies last. been enjoying obscurity now a podcast that's recorded live to tape and streamed to twitch and youtube subscribe so you never miss an episode or hilarious quip take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes to wherever you get podcasts and take notice of our various social media links if that's what you're into i'm not here to judge and make sure you join us live next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscure Now. now.